do better. Welcome to Do Better Podcast, a digital content hub from Asade, built for minds interested in doing better. Knowledge ideas, perspectives, and research insights on topics that matter. Business advice for better decisions and growth. Latest on the world of innovation and ideas. A look inside a global world beyond borders and an open view on social challenges. You can leave your comments and suggestions on dobetter.isade.edu. My name is uh, Antonio Roldan. I'm the new director of the Center for Economic Policy and Political Economy. And I'm here with Pedro Rey Biel, who's a, an amazing behavioral economist uh, who also works at ESADE. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, policy evaluation, behavioral economics, and why is it so important. So, Pedro, uh, there has been over uh, the recent years, and probably the last two decades in economics, a big transformation on what's happening uh, in economics, in the way, in, in the methods, in the way you approach data, the the use of experiments. Uh, that uh, actually this year we got we got the the Nobel the Prize. Nobel Prize was for for policies for, uh, to to fight poverty based on experiments. So previously run experiments that allow you to get an idea of what's going to work and what is not going to work. Exactly. So you're you're pointing to a very important thing, which is basically trying to point out and 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 be much more precise on what on the causality issue, right? Uh, before we used to have uh, loads of analysis, but you couldn't isolate really the cause of things uh, and and why uh, are these experiments so important and how they have transformed economics so so the idea first comes from from the fact that too many policies are based on either intuition by a politician who thinks let's try to see what works and on the other hand we, we may have different ideas of what may work and may not work actually this movement what it's trying to do is moving a little bit away from that although at the end of the day, we all still have our ideologies and our mm. intuition and trying to benefit from the fact that much more data is available given the, the technological revolution, the fact that now everything is digital. Now we have much more data ex ante and exposed. So that allows us to first try uh, in, in, in pilot experiments whether a policy is going to work or not and actually be able to quantify when it works and what are the factors that make it work, but also expose, because we have so much more data, we can also evaluate the impact of the policies, not only in experiments, but also in policies that have already been implemented. So the availability of data and the fact that also our analysis tools are much more powerful nowadays allows us to be much more precise and forget a little bit more about you know, what is going to work, what is not going to work, and going into this works, this doesn't work, and if it does, it works because of these reasons. Mm -hmm. Finding the causality is also very important. Mm -hmm. In my experience as a politician, uh, basically when we uh, went into into projects and we tried to analyze policies, we, we found out that um, more often than not, uh, we actually nobody was actually evaluating anything. So we, we were just proposing policies, uh, spending loads of money, and then uh, we didn't even know whether there was an impact. The, the assumption was that because something grew, uh, we didn't actually know what was the, the driver of that growth. So I think there is a cultural transformation, particularly in Spain, uh, that needs to be done. Uh, in, in other countries, and uh, definitely in developing countries with all these pilot experiments you were mentioning, etc., et there has been a big change because you're actually using proper uh, techniques that are more modern to evaluate public policies and to and to use better uh, public resources. But, uh, but in Spain, we are somehow very far away from, from that. 
So what you're saying, you know, I don't want to blame you as a previous <laughs> politician. So what you're saying is a little bit actually scary and sad, right? Because you're telling firsthand experience of, you know, we were trying to do those things that we think would work, would work, and obviously we were not. You were not doing things in the in the blind. You were trying to get access to good data. But actually, part of the problem with uh, analyzing policies exposed is that the way that data has been generated has also not been generated under optimal conditions. So. You know, in order to establish causality, sometimes phenomena occur and there are correlations between things that are going on, but it's impossible, even if things go in the same direction at the same time, it may not be that one is causing the other. Can so, you give us an example, for instance? If you think of education, mm -hmm. let's say you see uh, you have uh, 200 schools and in, a, in an experiment you would say, look, I will apply this treatment, which is, uh, I have a big problem of dropout rates. So I'm going to apply this treatment, which is I'm going to put an extra professor or an extra teacher in the class to reduce this, this rate. So that's the key. The, the fact you mentioned the key word, which is treatment. You actually, in an experiment, what you need to have is treatment and control. You need to have business as usual, or you have to have the conditions under which some policy was run. And now, if you're trying a new thing, you should maintain everything as similar as possible, but have a treatment group in which you expose them to the thing that you are. You have the intuition, or you have some theory to say, to predict whether it's going to work or not. So, for example, you were talking about schools. Imagine uh, we are looking at the use of incentives in the classroom, either to provide incentives to kids for getting better grades or actually just for going to school, or incentives to teachers. We could think that these things may work or may not work because it can create all types of effects. So for example, you know, perhaps giving incentives for teachers for having students getting better grades actually is not going to work because teachers may, you know, may be corrupt and they actually may give just better grades, not because the kids are learning better, but just because the teacher is giving them better grades in order to get whatever incentive. What you try to do is isolate one factor and instead of mixing things up, you know, sometimes when a policy is implemented, not only one factor is implemented, but many things change at the same time. So you observe an effect, but you don't know which of the many things that you have changed is causing that effect. Mm -hmm. What we try to do when we isolate things, when we do an experiment, is actually do one change at a time. It doesn't mean we are only testing one thing. We could have one control, in which we keep things the same, but then having many, many treatments. But the difference between those treatments is just one thing at a time, and then you evaluate, you measure. For that, you need to have a good outcome variable. You measure what is the effect of the only one thing that you are changing, exactly. and that gives you causality. Exactly. So following with the example that we were, that we were saying, um, you increase the number of teachers in the class here. You add mm -hmm. an extra teacher, and, uh, and you do a randomized choice of, of schools. And, and then you apply the treatment and you see that, that the other schools that didn't receive the treatment remain more or less the same and you see that the dropout rates fall uh, in those, in those uh, schools that you applied the treatment. It happened to me when I was choosing my, the school for my kid mm -hmm. that uh, I was looking at the results, for instance, in, in Spain you don't have data on the results of schools, you just have the data at the end of... Uh, it's very private, uh, right? So that, that's another problem. The availability of data and all these policies that we have, on the one hand that they are trying to protect people and privacy is obviously a big concern. But at the same time, you know, the more data we have, let's, let's make that data available to researchers, of course, in an anonymized way, such as nobody can play with this information in an unhealthy manner. But the more data so we you have, just have a, we just have a code, right? You we just have a code. You don't have it. the name and the surname, so Good. don't worry, uh, people that, uh, that no. <laughs> we don't want to steal their privacy or know anything. It just, uh, we, in many countries, what they're doing is through these anonymous data sharing all the amounts of data. So, for example, countries like Denmark, it's amazing yeah. the availability of public data. They, they have your full social security uh, data available for every worker that has ever worked in Denmark. Mm -hmm. And they make it publicly available to all researchers who 
satisfy certain conditions. And of course, they are very careful in terms of anonymity and in terms of confidentiality. And you have, you have to be careful with this data. But if you set up the correct protocols, it allows you to do many things. So for example, the case that you were mentioning about, do I want to take my kids to a school with, uh, with more students per teacher or less students per teacher? Actually, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting case because it's something that intuition tells us, you know, that our first hands would be, oh, it's better to have private tutoring, just one teacher for my, for my kid. But for example, the Nobel Prize winners uh, this year, Esther Duflo, mm. Abjit uh, Banerjee, and Michael Kremer, they have experiments in which they actually realize that the most important thing in order to increase attendance and increase uh, uh, how much kids are learning in the school are not the resources, and resources you can understand the number of teachers per student, but other things that you would not have thought about in the first case. So for example, the curriculum, right? The, what, what things you are teaching them. In order to increase attendance, they have very nice papers in which they show that the important thing is that you teach them things that they find useful. Mm -hmm. And they find useful in their setting, in, their, in, in whatever country they are living, that, that what they're teaching is not something so broad curriculum, right? Mm -hmm. that, that it's much more important, it has a much higher effect than, for example, changing how many teachers mm -hmm. you have. The reasons why a school may be doing well may be related to many factors. So it may be the location, it may be the income of the parents who are living in that area, it may be many, many more things. Yeah. So why don't we keep those factors constant? We have schools that are very similar, similarly located, same income, same, same everything, but the only thing we change is the one that we are trying to see whether it has an effect or not, and that way we can establish the effect of that thing and not the effect of many things changing at the same time. Exactly. So let, let, let me give you an example of, of uh, when, uh, when we were looking, so Spain is one of the countries uh, in, in Europe with the highest uh, unemployment, and we spend loads of money in active labor market policies and uh -huh. around six billion a year spend basically on trying to uh, offer opportunities to unemployed. But uh, we just give away that money uh, to uh, some courses that, uh, that uh, basically trade unions do. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and we don't actually know the results. We don't know whether there is, we actually have no data about the unemployed people in the first place. We have no data I mean about the profiles of those unemployed and what they actually might need. Mm -hmm. We uh, are, and we do courses that we don't know whether they are useful uh, to offer opportunities to, to workers. And in fact, the result we have is that when we have uh, a bad evaluation, the index of uh, of uh, finding a job through those courses is extremely low. Right? It's extremely low. So, so by evaluating by using those techniques, you could actually. Uh, know better what which of these courses might work and what are the skills that you might have to focus on. Exactly. So, so what you would do, imagine that you are designing two different courses and you want to see which one, which one is most effective in helping people find a job. So you would have two very similar populations and to some of them you would offer one course and to others a different course. And then you would follow these people through not only in terms of just evaluating whether they like the course or not, which is what many times is understood as policy evaluation. Did you enjoy this course that you take? We don't care that much about that. Of course, it's good that, it, that they enjoy it. But the important thing is, do they find a job? So can you actually trace these people through their job market experience? Are they finding a job or not? Actually, this is a huge problem in, in, in active labor market policies because, again, the decision to do it or not many times is, you know, how long do you give a subsidy? for people who are unemployed. How much do you give that subsidy? Yeah. Many times it's based on whether you're in one side of the yeah. ideology spectrum or the other. Yeah. You believe these things work, you believe they don't work. Well, 
do it. Give the subsidy in different shapes and forms and see you know, what happens to the unemployment rate later. Yeah. You're, you're pointing to a problem which is, I, I think, quite common and, and, and probably one of the reasons why uh, policy evaluation and experiments, etc., are not more common in our countries, which is the, the cost of, of them, right? Because <laughs> uh, you need to design uh, to see actually the effect of a certain active labor market policy on the labor outcomes. After five years, you need probably to follow those people and have the data. So it, it's a but bit, I would it's like, a bit complicated. It's complicated, but, but I would can, I, can, Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Can you actually, so that's definitely one way of doing it. Uh, is there other ways to evaluate impact uh, in, a in a cheaper way? The cost of not doing the, the correct policy is Much not measured, it's never measured, right? But it's huge, right? Of course. So there's always a cost of running an experiment, of trying, of trying to find out something. But of course, you can minimize that cost by doing some pilot experiments correctly defined, in which the important thing is to, to find the correct, the, the representative sample population to do things. Exactly. And it's going to cost while you do the experiment. The same happens when you do experiments in firms. Many, many firm managers are reluctant to experiment, but actually, we should change the, that discussion. Because first, it's not so costly if you design it properly. Second, the cost of not doing the optimal decision for many, many years, as we have been doing with many policies, is so much higher mm. that, it's, that it's ridiculous. Actually, one of the things that we are advocating for, and the reason why I think you and I are, are talking right mm. now, is because we are pushing for this movement that already happens in the UK, in the European Commission, in the US. Uh, they are all doing all, they are all moving towards, you know, doing experiments first and have availability of good outcome measures to actually see whether things are working or not. So, uh, so just to summarize, and, and probably I think we're running out of time, uh, unfortunately, uh, because I would spend hours <laughs> listening to about these things. We are actually going to launch a, a unit uh, in, in the new center um, we are opening in Madrid which will have a, the main focus of uh, not only evaluating, but also designing and improving basic public policy through these uh, new techniques and, and all these things we are discussing. And I think uh, basically our ambition is to uh, start changing the culture in Spain so, so these things are taken care of. Uh, we are heading towards a time where we will have a very high public spending in, uh, for instance, uh, the elderly, Mm -hmm. uh, we have um, also very high debt, uh, and it's very important that we start to uh, take care seriously uh, about how we are spending uh, the money Perfect. we are spending. And that's a crucial move we need to do, and that's uh, what we want to do. If you want to tell us a bit uh, the main ideas you have, you're going to be leading that project. Uh, so, uh, so first, let me say that I'm very happy. I'm very excited that finally, after many years lobbying for this, we are creating this at, uh, actually at the SADE. So the, the goal is actually to create a unit that will be evaluating existing policies, but also helping design through experiments uh, new policies and actually make this an ideology-free uh, kind of thing, a scientific unit that really is taking care of having availability to data, designing policies in a scientific manner, designing the experiment, and then measuring things such as we can offer to different administrations. And then, of course, when this movement moves ahead and things start to, to, to be extended through different administrations, we could be running other experiments in which we could compare the policies, the different policies that have been implemented in different administrations in order to see what works and what doesn't. So somehow moving beyond left and right debates and, uh, and towards evidence-based policy making, which is the crucial, the crucial uh, transformation. I mean, it's approach. fine if we keep our own ideologies, because yeah, that's part of, of our personality. But when we are, we are working with so much public money and, uh, and we are dealing with so much important topics, let's leave the ideology a little bit on the side and let's, let's concentrate on what works and what doesn't. And let's measure it. That's what we try to do. Fantastic. Thanks very much, Pedro. And thanks very much, uh, everybody, for listening.
If you still want to learn more, remember, you can register on our platform, dobetter.asade.edu. That was all for today. Until next time, thank you. Do Better.